one of the first series, uh, webinars we are doing from on behalf of Intech today. Uh, we will be today talking with noted upcoming author, Ms. Sahana Vijay Kumar. Um, and the, this webinar is being done through Indic uh, today, which is a web media platform for uh, Indic Academy. Uh, as many of you are aware, we have been running various uh, uh, platforms as well as uh, various initiatives to encourage uh, authors and to encourage people to write. It can be in form of uh, scholarships, it's been in form of workshops, uh, it's been in form of author promotion. Uh, today's webinar is the uh, author promotion. I would request everyone to uh, visit www.indictoday.com to know more about all the various announcements and initiatives we are doing uh, to increase uh, authors in the Indic ecosystem. Sahana Vijay Kumar has written uh, three books so far in the Kannada language. And uh, her uh, book, Kashira, will be releasing shortly in about one month's time uh, in, translated in English. I will ask Vyankatesh uh, to take from here uh, an interview of Ms. Sahana Vijay Kumar. Thank you very much, Yogini. Uh, uh, namaste, everybody. Um, uh, welcome to my first uh, webinar on uh, Indic Today as well. And uh, welcome, Sahana Ji. Uh, uh, welcome to all the attendees as well. I see around uh, 20 people on board already. I see some familiar names as well. Uh, if any of you have uh, seen, in, seen me in real life earlier, you will find it difficult to uh, recognize me. That's because of uh, the haircut. <laughs> you have to blame my wife for it. <laughs> so I have been, uh, no, I'm not the culprit there. Uh, uh, today, uh, we're going to chat with uh, Sahanaji. It's um, going to be a fairly uh, uh, informal conversation, though I'd like to impose a little bit of structure uh, for the sake of it. As, uh, to introduce Sahanaji, uh, um, I got to know of uh, uh, this new name, Sahana Vijay Kumar, uh, around, the, around 2018 when Kashira, uh, her novel got released and it got some rare reviews from a lot of people I know and I read quite a few of them, and it was on my reading list uh, almost immediately. Um, and then uh, I also read a recent novel, which is uh, Avasana, that came out just earlier this year. Uh, uh, I did a bit of research uh, on her writing career, and I was quite um, you know, intrigued because uh, she has an amazing amount of productivity. She started writing in 2014 as a columnist in newspapers. Then mm -hmm. every two years, a novel comes out. And uh, that to me uh, is uh, something very difficult. And I know that she, writing is not the only thing she does. She's not an academic and she's a full-scale professional. So I think she has a day job and she does the, this as well. And, uh, uh, Kashira was unique because um, for a, a budding novelist uh, who was new on the scene, it spread uh, purely from the word of mouth. You know, I did not, uh, we did not have any massive uh, uh, ecosystem. 
uh, hopefully we'll have one with uh, this kind of uh, initiatives. But we, uh, it was purely word of mouth and uh, it created quite a bit of sensation. And uh, it helped that um, Sri S.L. Bhairappa did put in um, a lot of good words about it. And uh, that made a lot of us take notice uh, uh, about this uh, new author. Um, uh, Sahaji uh, is uh, from Mysore. Okay, she's uh, right now in Bangalore, the intellectual capital of India, as I like to put it. And um, uh, let's start with a brief introduction of um, her background, her literary interests, influences, and what brought her to the world of letters or Saraswata Loka, as we call it in Canada. Uh, and then uh, we will uh, take up the other novels. So, Sanaji, uh, over to you first. Uh, what uh, actually uh, brought you into the world of letters? I think you have given uh, a good amount of details already. Uh, I began uh, columns in 2014, as you pointed out. And that was because of, I, I was always interested in current affairs. Though I did not write, I kept a watch and I saw how things were shaping up when the 2014 Lok Sabha elections were um, about to be held. And one day Arvind Kejriwal crash landed in Modi's office. And that's when I wrote my first article on Kejriwal actually questioning him. So that was how it started. And that article got very good responses. The editor of the paper also told me that it was a very good writing. And then from there on, uh, I started sending an article a week, mostly on current affairs. And I got a column eventually within three, four weeks. He happened to give me a column, Kannadi. And uh, I wrote about, uh, I wrote for about an year and after which I happened to uh, meet uh, Dr. S.L. Bhairappa sir in one of the programs where I had to speak about the female protagonists in his novels. So that was a very, for a very short period, I had only 15 minutes wherein I had to sum up, I took some uh, uh, important characters from his novels and then I spoke and then I asked him if I could, I, I had this urge, I wanted to try out something of the sort of a novel, but I was not trained. I didn't understand the form, content, structure, mm -hmm. uh, literary nuances. But mm -hmm. he was very kind enough because he said he was reading my articles and he felt those were good. So he had, he is used to reading all the articles. He usually reads many newspapers every day. And then he said, yes, you can go ahead, let me validate. So I thought he is the best person. If, if there's somebody that can validate and give a pass or a fail. So that's how it began. It was all of a sudden. The first one was a contemporary subject because I was not very much prepared. I did not have anything on mine. This mm -hmm. was a very vague thought that was in me. Mm -hmm. And I ended up writing and then rewriting as per his guidelines. There were some changes required. And after that, he felt it was good to be published. And then I approached a publisher and he was happy. And that's how it began. So 2016 is when my first novel, Kshame, came out. Something interesting that strikes me is that uh, typically the creative urge tends to catch people who have a, a arts or a humanities background, you know, and uh, you are not, and I, you are an engineer, right? By training yes, at least. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so um, it's an interesting trend because uh, lately uh, we've been having this um, uh, you know, we can say Chetan Bhagat started it in a way, but uh, that's not the way we want to go out here. But lately we've been having a, a lot of people, professional people coming into the uh, creative 
writing um, domain. Now, where does this creative urge come from? Because columnist is a different thing. Commenting on current affairs and politics is a different, entirely different thing. But writing a novel is a totally a different game. And where does that creative urge come to you? I'm saying because uh, how did you uh, even get that motivation to write uh, to a novel? Uh, when I was writing columns, I always felt it difficult to stop at the uh, 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 what the said limit of words. For example, you cannot exceed 750 words. What would happen to me is I would pick up a topic and the, the minute it would go into a creative mode, I would know that I'm running out of space now. I cannot write more. So I started feeling that difficulty. I started experiencing it after say four or five months and it started becoming very monotonous for me anything creative because you have to in columns you have to give a good background of it before you start it cannot be a jump start you give that and you want to take your own approach and then you have to stop it so this bringing it to an abrupt end started happening and then i realized this this might become difficult for me going forward and i have written a few poems i don't know you might not even want to call them poems but i used to do some creative writing in my school and college days and uh, so I, I had this urge in me and because you mentioned our industry where there's a lot of scope to do things creatively even in your own profession so after I started writing I realized that my work is also is going in a different way I mean it, it always was the tendency of trying to do it in a unique way was always there so if we look at our lives I think it's not literature you can make sure that you are a creative person when you look at how you are doing your daily day-to-day -day chores also. So that, that was how I found out. I, I could not continue writing columns. I wouldn't have been able to, I, I think. Uh, a wise decision because, you know, uh, we need more uh, writers, uh, uh, novelists rather than uh, columnists. Uh, what... Uh, were the creative literary influences that you, what did you read uh, or what made you, uh, what, uh, you know, uh, in your formative years at least, what did you read and who actually influenced you in terms of writing? Uh, what is it that you admire uh, about them? Uh, would you be able to um, let us know uh, what you feel about it? Yeah, to be very honest, I'm still in my formative years. I mean, I have not actually begun. I've not actually crossed the phase where I can quote so many, uh, you know, authors and say these are the influences. But I read at random. In Kannada, it was Bhairappa sir, obviously, every uh, Kannadiga who, is, who wants to read serious literature. But even that was not very uh, organized because there is a systematic way of reading. It's, it's not just reading the story. There's the technique you need to understand. There's the philosophy. There's the human uh, psychology. There are so many elements, especially Bhairappa sir's books. So it was all very uh, informal reading. I would pick up Khalid Hosseini. I would pick up anybody and, and just, just read for the sake of it. But yes, there, there was a plan to do some serious reading after uh, getting out of my work or whenever I would find spare time, I would get into serious reading. Mostly it was Bhairappa sirs in Kannada. Coming to Kashira, uh, uh, it's a complex subject uh, and um, big uh, kind of a um, novel to uh, uh, take up in first place because one of the thing is that the scope and complexity of the subject is is quite huge uh, 
in a way it, it reminds me of what uh, shri bharapa did with avarana you know uh, um, uh, take up a, a current historical um, um, very burning issue and uh, uh, try to look for truth in in that uh, for me uh, uh, it's a i find it as a challenging uh, subject mainly because of two issues one is that uh, when you look at it surely in terms of literary format of a novel um, when you choose a subject like this which which is concerned with kashmir the pandit exodus and then the uh, ongoing situation there uh, objectively you cannot tamper with the truth uh, even for uh, for the form of literary merits uh, and it's a difficult job to manage both uh, uh, what actually uh, uh, made you to uh, choose this particular subject see i was always uh, looking at the current affairs as i told you i was very interested when i was reading the life of adi shankaracharya i noticed mm-hmm. that he had traveled to kashmir there was the sarvagnya peetha and kashmir has a very rich history so that intrigued me and this 370 wouldn't go every now and then we saw what 370 was causing and the other thing that i notice is we are very bad at record keeping we are not meticulous we have nothing and tracing things are very difficult for example the only chronicle in india is rajatarangini written by kalhana and you will not believe that the hungarian philosopher oral stain got the copy of rajatarangini in the in a, with two siblings what had happened is there was a dispute in the property divided and both the brothers had decided to tear the kalhana rajatarangini also into half so each half was with each brother oh. oral stain had to convince both of them get the one get it pieced together and it was in sharda script so he got it transliterated into devanagari script from which he translated it into english so this is the state of our history and you know what the history books are doing we i think we had about uh, four and a half pages on mughal dynasty and one paragraph on vijayanagara empire so such is the state of affairs and uh, this connect is completely lost when i read that shankaracharya went from here to there so it it was like we don't know anything about kashmir now we hardly knew that the 1990 thing happened and uh, we hardly realized what had happened the entire community was forced to flee the land so that intrigued me and i started uh, getting into the details as you mentioned it is very complex you could not leave the political aspect behind because there's a cascading effect if you see in the case of kashmir after its creation and there's a good a part of history where things happen and it comes to a closure after which new things start resuming there's a new uh, look over that it gets but in the case of kashmir it is so unfortunate the cascading effect only caused its deterioration decade by decade so mm-hmm. after the dogra hari singh the accession was a mess pakistan intruded 
the way we handled it was a bigger mess we took it to the united states uh, united nations we called a truce unnecessarily we lost important divisions of kashmir which are now called pak occupied kashmir so we let that go and did it stop there no what happened was the petrodollar started playing a huge role people started islamizing funds came in they again started intruding in the affairs of kashmir and 80s and 90s were horrible what happened in 90s eventually was january 19 1990 the kashmiri hindu community was forced to flee that land so what was complex or what was difficult for me was which phase do you focus on you were talking about the structure so when before i traveled to kashmir i had a different storyline on my mind let, let let me stop you at that moment uh, yeah. for a moment you know uh, it's uh, very interesting that within the novel there comes um, um a conversation that's happening on a tv debate actually between two characters where uh, you know one and uh, this this lady uh, the secular very secular lady suddenly challenges the other person who's very knowledgeable on history and all of that uh, have you traveled to kashmir have you been there uh, and suddenly you know uh, uh, it, it 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 is Uh, it is something that something fundamental snaps into place at that point of time you know you know and that's actually a question that you know it struck me as a reader as well you know i i i, I talk about kashmir I, i have kashmiri pandits as my friends and i have worked with kashmiri muslims okay of uh, friends colleagues uh, and uh, others and uh, i comment about it i've read about it but i have not gone there <laughs> no i also checked with a few journalist friends uh, co columnists nobody had been to that place it was all uh, taken from the other sources the internet articles on whatever sources were available so it, it, the protagonist in the novel he travels to kashmir and it, it almost seems like a journey replicated in real life um, <laughs> by the author Uh, so what can you share about that uh, you know that's a very uh, interesting thing because uh, at this uh, you you know it, it takes a lot of guts to do that um, and go and see something for yourself and experience experience it for yourself yeah so uh, many have asked me if i have taken the course that narendra in that takes Mm-hmm. it's not actually possible and it is true to some extent if you have noticed narendra cannot move out he he cannot move around a lot he cannot visit places there's always a restriction a confinement so that was experienced by me as well but then getting uh, talking to those many people so candidly was definitely not possible we were scared thankfully my friends who accompanied me rahul trakru and vivek sinha ji they did not let me uh, get scared they never told me even if there was a very sensitive situation they would just keep calm and we would move after we passed through they would say there was a very big crowd or things could have gone wrong there because uh, 370 was still there it was not yet abrogated and there there is a lot of stone pelting you know the conditions can suddenly turn hostile and internet connections are gone and sometimes we plan our visits and they get rescheduled because of curfew suddenly imposed and we get to know those roads are blocked so it has happened that we have uh, 
uh, gone without food for some days in the afternoon we wouldn't get time we would get stuck talking to people but i'm extremely thankful to them because they were with me from the word go after i landed there and they took me around to all the places and i didn't stay at a pandit's place as narendra does in the novel i stayed in a hotel and only for one day i stayed with uh, one of uh, a friend in uh, shekhpura settlement that's in badgaon district and it it was uh, uh, scary i mean we couldn't move around very uh, freely and there was always this uh, they were very watchful about what was happening but yes so as much as the uh, people uh, haunted me uh, as much as i felt bad for the people the place itself you know makes you feel so desolate after you been there and you have seen what has happened to it so after that that experience changed my plot actually so what what i rethought or what happened to me is if i write a cool story because if you read kalhana's uh, rajatarangin you have so many events so many li- uh, kings the stories of kings it's very easy to weave something very cool that can bring tears to your eyes that's all fine but how do i bring in the political the social and the religious aspects the, the religious one is the main culprit the predatory religion called islam its effects are direct there so you were talking about truth now if i don't write all these if i fail to give that picture at least try to put as comprehensively as the structure can hold the subject can hold then what justice do i do to myself because i went through a lot of pain when i was reading through when i had been there and even after coming back so it was not a very uh, joyful experience for me i'm a firm believer in uh, the rasadhvani uh, theory of criticism because that's the only thing that i understand okay uh, one thing that struck me was uh how the importance of a man you know you know the one of the characters in your thing uh, kinds of acts like a um symbol for the importance of the civilization as a whole uh, to be safeguard itself right? you know it, it, it's not as if you know uh, and and that kind of um uh, resounds again and again you know is that uh now as a woman you know um uh how was it that you are able to uh, bring the male characters and their internal turmoil uh, you know the challenge to masculinity that happens when you know one is uh, put through such experiences you know being able to safeguard our daughters our wives our property you know that's the basic masculine instinct and one is not able to do that it is importance in, in a way so how, how is it that uh, uh, you are able to put that in that perspective because you know the prevailing theory is that women can write about women and men can write about men only so uh, and feminists uh, in particular say that you know only women can write about women so uh, that was an interesting thing for me uh, would you uh, share something about uh the male characters in your uh, some insight into uh, how you approach those sure uh, so when when i uh, uh, read and when i saw how they are living there as a family uh, vintage you will not believe they are given a settlement they call it a settlement with around two, 250 houses and around 1000 around 1000 people there is when it, that was 
this is in jammu or is it in kashmir kashmir, kashmir. jammu oh, is okay. pathetic the jagti settlement is pathetic that's another story uh, i visited jammu while i was coming back in kashmir they told me that in 2008 there was a rehabilitation uh, program and they started constructing these houses and in a house three to four families were supposed to stay sharing a single bathroom how they are and and how they were initially because i visited 3 4 years ago but when they had begun they told me their tribulations and what how they felt you know there there used to be fight for having to use a bathroom getting ready to go to office and school so when you study a subject i think it, you collectively look at every character it's not a male or a female when you are reading or writing something because our philosophy i don't know these feminisms and these ideologies these movements are not about life are not about the true philosophy which is the value system that drives us so when i look at it i look at it collectively as a family first it is the entire state the community the family and then each individual within so if you look at aarti's monologue there you know that nobody spoke that out to me but but when the entire family is put into a 8 by 8 tent or a 9 by 9 tent what happens to newly wed couple so when i discussed after having written when i brought this point out to my friend he was very happy he said nobody had observed this uh, uh, uh his name I, i don't recall his name sorry but he said nobody had observed this i'm very grateful that you brought this point up because people happen to ignore there was a decline in their population because they did not have private life which is very important and lot of divorces happened because they could not get along with each other so a man's importance also comes in that chapter i think that was what you were mentioning when arti yep. says yeah so i mean if you are a keen observer if you can sense i think you should be easily able to grasp otherwise what else are you doing i'm not looking just at the numbers i'm not looking at what hari singh did what nehru did what gandhi ji did not do and what sardar patel did extremely well it's not just that how are the families now paying the price and what is it in how many different ways i think it it definitely bothered me a lot otherwise it would have missed my attention the structure of your novel you know what uh, struck me was that you have a very visual way of Uh, looking at it and it's almost as if this was uh visualized as a movie in in a sense you know uh, uh in terms of how you structure the novel so uh if if i might say uh, when the novel opens with a very grand scene of adi shankara uh you know ascending the sarvagna pita uh, and then uh, there is a uh, the other end when your emotions touch the rock bottom when your own neighbors betray you your your and you know your daughter gets murdered on the uh, raped and murdered on the street and you and 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 you know that uh, planetary cry for justice you know mega chinsaf that you put into the character's mouth and it never happens you know the government the police and the whole apparatus of the indian state is there and yet you're not able to deliver justice and you put them at uh, the mercy of the people who did them injustice you know and 
so that's kind of the uh, rock bottom but yet uh, you know you seem to end your uh, uh, novel on a note of optimism you know where there is a hope of civilization rejuvenation and reclamation now did you actually see that in the kashmiri pandit community uh, the some people say that the pandits don't want to go back when you talk to people and what did you feel are uh, those that are living there are living for their own reasons some don't mm-hmm. want to leave uh, the country their native place they just don't want to come back some have gone back after they've got jobs but those who don't want to go back now is for a valid reason we are seeing what is happening there even now so i think the uh, introspection should happen not for the pandit community but with the others so there's one person riyazwani whom i've acknowledged in the book also who mm-hmm. comes from the um, kashmiri muslim family he was very honest when he said it's a mistake we need to correct it and we need to get those people back so if you are seeing any shade of optimism it's from those people so many are there who want to bring these people back and who wants to correct and who did not participate in the 1990 thing you know this person's family parents had decided they would not go to the mosque that day and they said we 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 just cannot be a part of this so let us not go so when that boy he he's a young man now when he says that it definitely triggers some hope isn't it because when you look at their philosophy there is no place for tarka or logic they just have to listen to somebody who's a mediator they just have to listen to what is being told now this is good this is bad they cannot analyze they cannot introspect therefore they cannot come up to different uh, uh, point of view they cannot uh, develop their own perceptions etc so there definitely that, that's a very difficult and a very big change but but i saw it in some of them at least i uh, have am ambivalent on this point because you know uh, a very good young friend of mine um, a doctor himself uh, he actually related one of his ex- own ex- self experience when he went to srinagar on a visit and when coming back uh, he goes to the airport cafe gets a coffee and then speaks in kashmiri and uh, the person at the other end smiles and gives it back and says and uh, gives back the change and then he says this guy says thank you and he says no you are our guest correct uh, correct uh, okay and and uh, it's a real life experience correct Be- being a guest in one's own house is not a good feeling <laughs> so uh, uh so do people want to go back i'm not so sure okay but uh, the other point that um, the no- the underlying theme of the novel seems to be that it's not the pandit's responsibility to get back kashmir but it is the responsibility of the civilization as a whole to go and reclaim that space back to where it belongs uh, so i remain hopeful that that's going to happen uh, uh it's a little bit unfortunate you know you, you, it might have triggered a lot of things since you uh, you know rewinding all of those unfortunate incidents when you know we, we recently just heard of ajay pandita uh, the sarpanch being killed in 
Kashmir. So, uh, did you do you do you see reason for hope? Unless we are, I I saw Sushil Panditji tweet two days ago. We need mm -hmm. arms. We need to be trained. I mean, that's the only hope. Truly, unless your kshatra is revived, there is no hope. Your kshatra has to be revived, revived in some way. You keep saying ekam satvipra bahudhavadanti. You keep saying sarvadharma samabhava. It won't help because the philosophy is different. They do not consider we as equal to them. So what is the point in we trying to spread the message of tolerance? We keep saying secularism. One important thing is what Kashmiriyat did to Kashmir is what secularism will do to this country. So I think without Kshatra, there is no hope. On that note, uh, uh, when is your uh, English translation coming up? Uh, so any details that you can share about uh, uh, when uh, it will be out? Uh, okay. The lockdown might have affected the timelines <laughs> a bit. Correct. That's what has happened. It was all ready. I think in a, a couple of weeks from now, three to four weeks from now, it should be ready. Garuda Prakashan has uh, taken up the mm -hmm. uh, publishing. So uh, four weeks from now is when we can start pre-ordering, I believe. What about uh, other languages? Uh, Marathi is almost, I think more than half is done. Hindi mm -hmm. is complete. It's with the publisher. So, uh, uh, to the whole audience, um, this uh, amazing novel is uh, going to be in English, Hindi, and Marathi uh, so soon. So, if you are, if you cannot read Kannada, I would, uh, I, you do not be disappointed. It's going to be coming in other languages soon. Uh, Yogini ji, uh, uh, any questions at this point of time that you would like to take? Uh, I would, you know, maybe uh, time box it to five minutes and then uh, I think, uh, go on to Avasana. I think we can have another five minutes or so for her next book, Avasana, and mm -hmm. uh, we'll take questions after that. Actually, uh, one of the things that I did was um, uh, Kashira was always on my list, but then uh, uh, when I looked up, uh, it, uh, when I was trying to order Kashira, I saw that there was another book out, and so I ordered Avasana, and I'm glad I did that. Uh, uh, that's this is again a very, uh, uh, I would say, difficult uh, novel for me to read uh, because. Um, um, one of the uh, things is that uh, today uh, our elders have kind of become a burden to us in, uh, in, at times. The family system is unable to take uh, control of it and you know we are not able to manage it better maybe or maybe uh, uh, the modern life doesn't uh, uh, allow for it. Uh, and at the same time uh, we when we talk about death, it's a, you put in a very uh, meaningful sentence in your introduction. Death is not just biological, you know, the disdain, the hate from one's own blood that people get is also death in, in a in a in a perhaps a delayed manner, slow manner. So, uh, what? Uh, uh, I, 
what prompted you to choose this particular subject you know after kashira you know that's a totally at, at a civilization level and this is a deeply personal issue yeah as you said uh, old age homes which weren't there earlier have now uh, started cropping up and uh, if you just get into get inside and hear, hear or listen to the stories you get to know where to what uh, the family system or the values have uh, declined to so that was one thing that intrigued me and then the quest uh, for father so that's kamathi pura the red light area so what happens to the children what happens to the offspring is something that was bothering me and then i and the uh, beauty of indian uh, religious places is there is an underlying philosophy for example pandharapura is known for its mata pitru bhakti now that philosophy is just not in theory it actually uh, propounds certain values which we inculcate in our lives and therefore we are connected to temples therefore we are so religious it, it's not a theory somebody teaches you so when i started uh, when i discovered that connect uh, it, it simply you know brought me to that story where kamathi pura to pandharapura and then the story where it happens the solapura to pandharapura so the two protagonists are doing different things since you have already read so one is looking for a father and he is, respects all the elders that he sees and the other one has his own reasons for uh, developing a dislike and and it goes to a very great extent when when he at, at a point thinks that he is not worth living anymore his father should not be so uh, this is what is happening so after this book many uh, people reached out to me and said this is what is exactly happening in my house this is how my son is behaving with me right now or this is how my daughter has been treating me or my husband so this is a very common problem and many people are related to it one thing that struck me is in your portrayal of kamati pura and it's uh, this thing uh, the usual narrative of uh, them being exploited women and mm. uh, you know and having no other option except this uh, uh, and being forced into the trade uh, you, you know you you're quite uh, uh, objective and ruthless about that destroying that uh, you know uh, myth as such uh, 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 what makes human nature uh, you know people want to live on the edge of the society is it just plain laziness at times or, or i don't know uh, it's a very complex question yes i also went with the notion as you said that probably all of them are being exploited at least that's what the narrative is that the feminists build up which is not the case unfortunately uh, many are very reluctant when they are initially introduced which is very obvious but after a period uh, they get used to it and they don't want to come out of it so i have met many people who have tried to bring these people from the clutches of the place and they still want to go back laziness is there we have to admit that that is a very easy way of making money and uh, there are other things uh, that makes them feel comfortable the way they are they are away from their families some of them go to their native places once a year and they have their own group you know that there is a sort of mafia where there are brokers agents who bring people to them and because of which 
there are kamatipuras outside kamatipuras in very posh localities i and you won't believe when we see certain people on the streets who are doing this business in a much much a grand way so it's it's nothing no more the pathetic state or we shouldn't be claiming that they are all being exploited it's not true now uh, i uh... also see this uh, you, you actually referred to it earlier uh, you know the um, the the we all uh, know the story of uh, pundalika right uh, associated with pandrapura he, he asks vitoba himself to wait because he's attending to his parents and you know and and that's how vitala uh, ends up standing on a brick and and here you have a kind of a pundalika in search of going in search of parents to serve uh, as such something when with with no biological parents uh, to speak of and that's a character that uh, brings out and it's a very sharp contrast with uh, the other side out there uh, i tend to think uh, is that real i'm saying um, and does a grown adult still feel that urge to have parents is that something that uh, people uh, experience because that's something that i couldn't readily relate to and where was where does this character come from uh, the process of see one thing that his mother does is he she keeps him away what usually they do is they send off their children to their native places their relatives or mothers take care of else they grow in a very very disturbed environment where you know i i have uh, given it subtly i have mentioned what happens the child the children lay in the same corner of the room when they carry on with their business so those are two extremes here is a mother who wants her son to grow well get educated and still she tries to cut him off from him at the same time giving him that exposure so what happens to such a child who tries to get a family and the process of him growing up he goes into an ashram where you know these values are of course if he was growing up with some kids you know that also comes they turn up being dons eventually but this guy goes into an ashram with all these uh, details all these people grooming him i think that's where he develops that craving and there are people who have lost their parents very early and they try, they tend to respect whenever they see a, a very old gentleman or a lady they they see their father and mothers i have seen that happening i think we have a, a, a few questions coming in you can uh, see i think uh, uh, we sh- uh, we could start with a couple of questions uh, uh, from the audience is it is it fine Yeah, I think go ahead and uh, you can read out the questions, and then she can respond. Yeah, yeah uh, one uh, question from uh, Medini. Uh, she asks after the uh, you know three seventy, uh, you know now is now a thing of history. It's it's gone. Okay, does this bring out a positive change in the situation? Uh, because when you wrote the novel, it was still. something an insurmountable block it seems something now it, it seems it was more of a mental block but uh, do you think it would bring out real change in terms of the situation what is your opinion on that yeah there will be change i think it has it will be gradual and we have to understand that it's not going to be uh, overnight 
you you just can't see miracles happening the greatest advantage is the constitutional block is gone now we have a hand in the administration and every change has to be brought with the help of the law of the land so i think with that changing yes change will be there eventually but it will take time it's very scary because we saw what happened two days ago with ajay pandita so it's not it's, it's not going to happen overnight uh one more question is uh, how was your response to your book from the public did you get uh, what kind of feedback you got uh, so uh, how have your interactions uh, been with your readers uh, so um, uh, I, i think probably as a novelist when your novel is successful you you <laughs> you tend to be happy of, of course but then uh, beyond that how did that help you yeah what happened was uh, after the first print did not have any bibliography it has a brochure if you have noticed where i've listed out all the source uh, documents after the first version many people started emailing me asking me the books names of the books because some come as a part of the structure of the novel where in the debate the protagonist happens to call them out and they started asking me for the source material which actually made me happy and then the second print onwards we decided the publisher also okayed and then we are giving this brochure with a list of books and people are reading and some of them are very uh, studious and they come up with questions and then i point it out and that was the most important thing because we need to start reading we need to start going back to the source documents and try to understand where this is originating from so that was the best part even otherwise people have been uh, Uh, very appreciative of the book and uh, they have many have considered this a textbook <laughs> to be very honest so uh, a lady 81 year old from a vidhashram uh, called me and she insisted i meet her i went and she had um, mark with a red red ink some places she had doubts she had questions she said i'm glad i lived to read the account of kashmir i mean such comments really made me happy the uh, uh, the the question that uh, um, many want to ask is uh, uh, you know with uh, uh, with um, novel being successful especially uh, canada has a literary world is strongly divided into the uh, the seculars and the communals um, uh, and it's hard to be uh, just a literary critic at, at times so so you must have had your share of brickbats as well uh so did how uh, did any come your way and if if it did uh, how did that uh, how do you deal with it no nothing came my way uh directly but i heard from other sources that this was not a very great work of art is what somebody condemned or complained that uh, uh, so that was what nothing happened directly so i don't know and i did not have to tackle at all i am very much absorbed in what i am doing so i am just going on one thing uh, that i want to uh, ask you again is you know i come back to this something you've been writing uh, you know almost one every two years so uh, uh, that's a prodigious amount of productivity according to me i'm saying so so <laughs> how, how uh, how do you what is your creative process do you just take time off work and just go away and shut yourself somewhere uh, how does it uh, work for you i am not active on social media at all that saves a mm-hmm. lot of time 
whatsapp uh, the other things i i don't hardly open them so only when the book is out for a few days i'm around and then i'm gone so that does the trick for me and uh, this two years once thing is is not deliberate it just happened kashmir was a very important subject for me i tried to fit it into my columns it didn't happen i didn't know how to write islam in separate chapters it would be difficult so kashmir was bound to happen and avsana because kashmir it, it kind of fatigued me i i was just trying to come out of it because it was just happening always and so avsana was there and it also happened and i have a lot of time apart from work because i don't do anything else i i social media no i think that is what i would attribute it to are, are you writing something right now no nothing as of now okay so you're taking a break as such yes <laughs> okay um okay uh, sana ji thank you very much uh, for giving your time uh, i think then over here that uh, maybe we should reduce our social media consumption <laughs> time a lot of our viewers for today have come from the social media social channel media. <laughs> listen to you so i don't know if i should say that it's a good thing or a bad thing but i definitely yeah i agree that for creative juices to flow and to flow consistently probably reduce social media uh presence uh might help uh many others i think the need of the hour definitely is to have thousand writers and i would urge all the people who are attending to go look at our announcements we have recently announced uh workshops writing workshops uh, so if you have a new to be a writer please go ahead and uh, sign up and take some uh, uh, take some uh, teach uh, this webinars or teaching uh, assignments so that you can learn um, how to write with that uh, we shall end today's webinars uh, please do look out uh, for future announcements we'll be shortly uh, announcing the next webinars we'll, uh, we will try and have uh, webinars every fortnight uh, from here onwards on indic today uh, thank you for supporting indic academy and indic today thank you very much namaste thank you very much thanks antish thank you